Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and you're listening to On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. First, I just want to tell everybody, Happy New Year. Uh, We're getting off to a... We missed last week because I had to close the books at the bank, but here we are, off to a great start, and... uh, our inaugural show for 2015 is going to be a good one, I promise, with Laura Sadowski, who is the owner and president of First Prize Writing. Laura, hi. How are you? I am doing great. Happy New Year to you. Yep. Um, tell me, what does First Prize Writing do? Well, First Prize Writing is your first source for copywriting and business communications. That encompasses a lot of different avenues, but specifically in the technology age that we're in, I do a lot of website content. I do a lot of refreshing. I do a lot of brand new content. I also do quite a bit of marketing brochures, a lot of ways just for businesses to get their word out there about what they're doing. Um, and we'll, I think we'll go into detail on a lot of other neat stuff, but uh, books and eBooks are a great thing we're, we're doing now. We love it. And, um, and bottom line, I tell people, I love to write. I love words. And it just makes me happy to help somebody's business get, a, get their message out there the way they want it to be. So this is a great, great time to talk about it. Well, um, I wanted to visit a lot of different issues. But let's start with right. this one. Is um, Facebook getting overdone? Um, are there other platforms coming up that we should be aware of? Uh, above, say, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter? I think so. Um, I'm still a fan. I'm a big, huge fan of Twitter, um, which is probably the one go-to one I go, you know, I'm a really big part of. But I think the big part is blogging. And that's not, ne- and I call that a platform. It's not necessarily a LinkedIn, but it's 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 personal and specific to the company. And I think more and more companies are doing that. They're getting either blogging every week about what they're doing. They might blog once a month. It depends on what they do. But that has become huge for, uh, for companies. Just and it's, and it's new. A lot of them are, are not doing it. So give me an idea of an effective blog. First, what should it contain? Secondly, let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of it. How do you set it up and how do you maintain it and that kind of thing? Blogging is really easy to do on the on the company's website, depending on how the designer set it up. You can have a blog page where you can just you can write on whatever subject you want to, depending on what your business is. It might be um, depending if you're a writer like myself, I obviously might write about a conference I've gone to or I might write about a new platform that I found. But even in banking, it might be a new law coming up. But it's also a way not just not just the guts of business, but it's a way to really communicate to their customers about what's going on within their business. So you have a way um, to be connected through an email newsletter, and that's really what blogging is. And it could be as often or as not often as you want. Is it as effective, more effective than something like Facebook? I like Facebook. I, um, I'm not against Facebook. I just happen to like blogging a lot better because I think – uh, I think you can get to your customers a lot quicker. Facebook is a great way to get the word out there about what you're doing in your business, just like blogging. But I think uh, blogging can be a little more personal. And I think people will reach it a lot more than going on Facebook. I think people may be getting a little tired of Facebook. I think so. I know with um, I know I have a stepson who likes Instagram a lot better, but that's because that's he's a teenager. But Facebook is... 
I use it. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it, but I find it's not, to me, as effective for what I do. Um, in, unless I'm going to be somewhere and I'm going to be presenting, um, I will mostly put my ideas about getting out there to my customers on a blog. And that's kind of where I go to. So, no, Facebook is not a way, believe me. It's not going anywhere. But I think now there's just a lot more different ways to do what Facebook does. How do you get eyeballs to the blog? Eyeballs to the blog is that the way I do it is you can connect your blog post to Facebook, but you can also um, get it on Twitter, okay. and you can also get it on LinkedIn as well, and you can get it on Pinterest or any of the other platforms that someone might like. So it's kind of uh, you're using uh, Pinterest, you're using uh, Twitter, maybe yes. Facebook, an email, whatever. You're using that as the as the grab to yes. link into the blog. Absolutely. it's And it, it goes out immediately. Once you hit your blog post, it will automatically go on your Twitter feed, your Facebook page. It'll have a link to it where that will just get all of your followers from all of those different platforms to your blog. It's a perfect way to do it. Um, and then you mentioned uh, a little bit before the show we were talking um, about ebooks, tell me yes. about ebooks, and how how's that different than a book or a blog? Well, ebooks are shorter. They can be kind of long, but they're not into maybe the detail that a big book would be. Ebooks, depending on the the company and depending on the business, is a nice little way to generate some income. Depending if they want to charge a little bit for it, um, but it, I have a client um, who has a. Um, like a care, like a elder, an elder care company, for for instance, and she I think wants to get some information in an ebook about what people can do when they're having to face that with their elderly parents. Okay. So it can be obviously less detailed, maybe more bullet points, maybe a lot of detail, but it's not as long. It's it's a little more it's a little more put together than a narrative book would be. So it might be like a how to. Absolutely, how to clean your house more effectively. How to. Um, how, what are the different places you can go to when your parents are getting older? How do they apply for Social Security? It could really be specific or very general, but, it, but it, by having that and offering that to their, um, to their readers, if you will, it's a great way for them to get to know who they are and what they can do for them. Okay, okay. Um, tell me about your background. How did wow. you, you get into this? Well, I've written my whole life. I, I, I think I just avoided my math classes whenever I could. So I, um, I, I know I really just fell in love with writing at an early age. But actually, I started out as a paralegal. I was an intellectual property paralegal for 15 years, uh, really wanting to go to law school. And I did, you know, it took me a while to get through school. And I realized after the end of all of that, I thought, I don't want to do law school for three, three to five years. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I was just continuing my paralegal work. And then I thought, you know, I can start my own business. I can actually help customers and clients and individuals with their, um, not necessarily their marketing, but just their communications to their, to their clients and to their people. And I love I love writing for personal reasons, but I love writing for businesses because I like to see people succeed. Okay. And it just I fell into copywriting, and my husband said, "Let's get this thing launched." And and it's been a little over a year now, and I love it. It's What's been, what is copywriting? I know the first time I I asked the first thing I thought of being an IP paralegal, I thought, "Well, copyright is something you do to a song." And I and I said, "Well, what the heck is copywriting?" It's copy is your content. Mm -hmm. It's just another word for content. And and it's really also, I've kind of grabbed the phrase writing for businesses. And it's a, just a way for businesses to communicate what they do. And you can do that in so many different um, gotcha. realms. That's what it is. Okay. 
what are some of your um give me an idea of some of the some of your success stories Oh, well, one of my success stories has been with a, uh, I, one of my first clients, actually, he's a, um, he's an executive leader or he's an executive, um, he's an executive coach. Okay. He works with, um, a lot of high level management. He was the, um, I met him at a Gwinnett Chamber event and I helped him redo his website, not the design, but I helped him redo the content for his website. And it just worked out so incredibly well. One thing he is probably the, one of the best clients I've ever had. He's just a really wonderful gentleman. But the working with him on really generating and coming up with good content and that he was really happy with, that just made me feel good for him mm-hmm. because he was really maybe taking his business to, on a different level and I got to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my first clients. And it's so, I've just had a, I've had a ball with this. To me, it's not work. Now, how, what has his revenue done uh, pre-Laura, post-Laura? His revenue's gone up quite a bit. He was already a pretty successful guy, but he was getting he was actually rebranding. He okay. was changing the name of his company. He was going through to, you know, he just kind of felt this was the time to do that. So I got to be in on the rebranding process. And for him, he like I said, he's already doing well, but he's just take he's just kicked it up a notch hmm. and he's doing very very well. And I I'm glad I got to be a little part of what he was doing cuz he's just He's just so excited about his business and what it's doing now. So your uh, expertise, if you will, is getting in somebody's head and putting it down on paper in a very concise, I want to say concise, but certainly in a very... In, in a way that can really attract eyeballs to it. Absolutely. And everyone's, I like, I love the way you put the, about getting in their head because I needed to find out what their voice is because everyone's voice is different. And, and, a, and a good writer can hear that and make it sound like them on paper. I know that that kind of sounds a little out there, but it, depending on the business and the person, they might be very professional and their content needs to be just really da, 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 very professional. A lot of attorneys are like that, depending on what type of law they practice. But then you might have somebody who has a little more, um, a relaxed feel to it. And I need to hear that from them in order to make the copy sound more relaxed or the content rather. Hmm. And I love, that's a great part of my job. Is how many business people out there, small business people out there, Really can't write. Well, I mean, I, I mean, lot. they can write. <laughs> yeah, but. they can write, of course. But they're one. I've met more people through just the networking I've done over the last year. One, they don't like. Many of them don't like to write. It's not the, the, their first love. Um, but also, they're they don't have the time to do it, and they didn't realize there are people out there who can actually do it for them. And that's I've just had more people coming up coming up to me saying I can't believe you exist or what you do exist I did not know that so I like to think that I'm just a good I'm an aid to somebody in doing something just in just trying because a lot of times they just don't like doing it but then they just said you know writing is pretty fun I don't have the time to do it I'm running my business well yeah when I was in school which was gosh a long long time ago don't not laugh everybody <laughs> writing was something I had to take Yes. But now it's, I don't know that it's part of anybody's curriculum anymore, is it? Not like it should. Um, I have a um, stepson graduating from high school this year, and it's not as, not so much. I mean, of course they do it, but not as much. And so it's a lot of things. Grammar is not as emphasized. Um, a lot of research is emphasized, but it, maybe not as much as it was when I was growing up. And that makes me sad. And that's, it makes me happy that. 
I'm just, I'm, that's where I'm in tune, and that's where I can step in and help. Interesting. You're listening to On the Money. This is Joe Moss, your host, brought to you by Embassy National Bank, and we're having a uh, great conversation with Laura Sadowski about writing and copywriting and getting your thoughts and your business and where it's going on paper, which you would think, well, maybe uh, – this isn't so important, but the more I think about it, it is incredibly important for a business to be able to do this. It is. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a money generator. Yeah. It really is. I mean, really we is. just heard a story about a gentleman that used her help, and his revenues went up significantly as a result of getting his his company and its thought process and what it does concisely right. in, a, in a format that he can t- present and market. That's right. That's right. It really it makes a huge difference. Um. Have we? Let's talk about some uh, bigger subjects. Have sure. we become a 140-character society? <laughs> yes and, and the no. only reason I ask that for everybody <laughs> is that's what you're limited to on Twitter. Exactly. Yes and no. Um, Twitter is great. I use it. I use it all the time. And there is something to getting um, information out there succinctly. And 140 characters is pretty succinct. Um, I think that Twitter is great to let people know what's going on in your business and what's going on in your career world, whatever it might be. But in a lot of ways, I think some people like to, I think there's still room to be very detailed. And, and so I don't think everyone's fallen, that has fallen by the wayside. I just think Twitter has given people another way to say, hey, come check out the detail on my site or come check out the detail that I give at this conference. So I think it's a good way just to really grab people and put them in your world. But, and it is nice to do it within 140 characters, but I'm still a believer that people, people crave detail as well. So it's, think of Twitter then um, as a billboard. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, and, you know, billboards have come a long way. And, yes, they have. And um, I'm just thinking uh, I don't use Twitter because I typically need more than 140 characters to put down what I want to say. Absolutely. So um, it needs to be a link to something, blog, whatever. You mentioned ebook, blog. Uh, something where you can get into more detail. Yes, it does. I mean, it is to me, it's just another way to almost ring a bell in front of someone and say, hey, look over here and see what I'm doing. And so, yeah, you can't really get a lot of good chunky detail and a lot of really good um, concise copy, obviously, in 140 characters. But it will let people know you're out there and I'm doing A, B, and C over here. It's good stuff. Have we become a grammar-poor society? I have yes. my own thoughts on this, but go ahead and answer it. <laughs> I, I don't think it's as emphasized in a way. I think grammar rules change a lot. And uh, a lot of times they may, may be a little less, maybe a little more relaxed, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. Some, I still have conversations with people about where do I put the comma before the and and all of this. But I do believe that people are not as careful with their grammar and in the way that they speak, but also in the way that they write. And I think people pick up on that and... I'm just a stickler with it. I will. I'm. I'm awful with it. But I. But it's because I really want someone's message to be not just pleasing, but I want it to be accurate. And because when people are looking at it and they can see, oh gosh, he didn't proofread that. Mm-hmm. That may look make may make your company not not have as good a view as it should. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, how important. Is it for a business person to have a what I would call an elevator summary? That's about the best thing that people can do, and I'll tell you why. 
Um, many people are involved in, say, chambers around town. Um, and they're always, you only get 30 seconds to talk about what your business is. You introduce yourself and you introduce your business. But away from those, you might be in Walmart or you may be just, it, you could be in a restaurant and someone to say, well, what do you do? And if you've never really given thought to it, that's just a missed opportunity. And I think everyone, every business person, no matter if you're a sole proprietor or if you are the CEO of Coca-Cola and everything in between, you need to know what you do and why you do it well. I do. And it doesn't have to be a long soliloquy, big, you know, 100,000 word thing. But you can give it in 60 seconds and say, this is what I do. And then, get, and then they'll want to ask you more questions at that point. Is it 60 seconds or even shorter? I think it could be shorter. When, um, when I've been at writers' conferences before where we always say, if we're going to be in the elevator, say we meet up with a publisher, and we have from floor one to floor ten, then, yeah, that's probably less than 60 seconds. So you really need to keep it under that. It, you have to let them know what your book is all about. And so I've tried to do take that mentality and put it into what I do for my business. And I really encourage everyone listening, if you haven't done that, do that. It's important. Well, we've had a people on our show that have small businesses that are very successful businesses that yes. tend to be very technical. Yes. But if you ask them, what do you do? You got to wait 30 minutes. Yes, I'm married to one of those. I'm married to an engineer. So um, he's a Georgia Tech grad, and he can tell you in – I mean, I'll just be looking at him going, I have no idea. What, I do have an idea of what he said. But he is – It's it, a lot of times it can be very technical depending on what you do. So it needs to be practiced. And I do – this is not something you can come up with off the top of your head. Maybe you can. But I think in most people's businesses it's something that you should think about and to say, okay, I've only got 30 to 45 seconds to do this, and then just keep practicing it. I think that's and let's let's reiterate that and and I think those of you listening who know who you are have the um, let, let's ask this question first and then we'll talk about the advice later on. How many business owners do you run run into cannot effectively describe their business? More than I thought, and that's and that's not that's not being mean to them because they're brilliant people. I meet all the time, but they they haven't really thought about just that simple question because they're, they're so busy solving all the big, important, difficult things in their business that they haven't really just sat down to think, well, what if someone asked me what I do? I, I just think they haven't sat down to think about it. And, and they can, the great thing is they can do that. They can just take a little time, write it out, practice it. It, it doesn't have to come out like a speech, but it can just be very easy. But it can keep people keep people coming back for more. And I just think it's good for them to know, hey, this is what I do. I'm excited about it. Love to tell you more about it. And here it is. So how much, what is everybody's attention span these days? How long? You said 60 minutes, uh, 60 seconds, <laughs> yeah. which is a floor one to 10. But really, how truly, how long do we have of someone? Do, is it like 30 seconds I mean that's you know what I think initially it's 30 seconds because I think especially people are networking they're they're probably trying to meet so many different people that their attention spans just all over the room and you may only have 30 seconds but if you in that short time just have a couple of nuggets about what you do and how that can help somebody else that will it'll be almost like someone grabbing you and saying, you know what, I, I want to spend more time with that person. So yeah, I, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. 
It just means that we're all so busy and we're trying to meet so many different people that we need to be a little shorter, but then we can meet them on one-on-one later by doing that. All right, so I just think this is a huge thing that people need to get their arms around, this yeah. whole idea of an elevator. Um, I guess the reason is because I've been embarrassed with it before. Um, but um, to me, that's a 30-second summary of what you do. Yes. It is, um, it is thought about beforehand. Uh, for those, a lot of people out there, you know who you are. You really need to sit down and practice this. And you look in front of a mirror and you, you write this thing out and you practice it in such a way that when you send it back, it doesn't sound like you've written it off, uh, set it off a piece of paper. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it needs to have a hook in it quick. A quick one. So, you know, for example, uh, the people, a lot of people we do business with, um, uh, what do you do? Well, I'm a hotel owner. Well, you've got 30 seconds, so you're not just a hotel owner. Tell us, tell me, what is the hook about you owning a hotel that really grabs my attention? Yes, you absolutely. Know, you and know, I'm a hotel owner, and I really care about customer service, making your stay an eventful stay. Well, that's got my attention over someone else who just says I'm a hotel owner. Absolutely. You, you, it, you've made it more personal. And by using really good language and good content, you, you have just made it. You went from just, I'm a hotel owner. You've made it personal. And you've made that person you're talking to like, I need to, I need to hear more about this. And, that's, and anybody can do that. And that's, and that's just going to drive traffic to your business every time. Yeah, we've, every time. We've, um, we're getting on this tag at Embassy National. Uh, and really quite simple is we help small businesses. You know, and it's the question, it's just the word help. For whatever reason, that has such a an attraction to it. Just when someone says, "I'm willing to help you," yes, uh, that has a real to me a um, a real strong attraction. Like Mike in your business, what do you do? Well, I help small businesses get their message out on the internet. You know, the word "help" just seems to to really uh, resonate with people for some reason. Well, I think it is too because a lot of times business. Running a business is hard work, no matter how big it is. And I think a lot of times we can just be in such a rush that we keep forgetting that we're human and that we need help. I mean, there are things I cannot do in my business. If I had to try and do my books, I would be out the door. (laughs) So I need to know that there are CPAs or um, financial people out there who can help me because I think we all need that. And that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing at all. It's a great thing. Um. Let's talk. You mentioned you're working on a book. What kind of book are you working on? Well, when I say working on a book, I'm getting it out of my head into an outline form. Um, one thing I do on the side is I've um, I've developed. I'm developing, or I've always done a um, a nonprofit ministry type work, working with girls who have image image issues, eating disorder issues, and so um, and I that's my background. I I battled that growing up as a teenager, and so this book is going to be. Um, my story and how I can walk with other people and how they can be okay and they can be well. Um, this has been in my head for 10 years <laughs> and it, I'm helping other people with their work. I've kind of ignored mine, but I'm really, my goal is to have a proposal together um, by July of this year. And so, well, you mentioned the biggest hurdle that a lot of people have is getting it from their head yes. down on a piece of paper. It's scary. It's scary to look at a blank piece of paper or a blank computer screen, and especially if you have a lot of thoughts going on in your head. How do you start? You, you know what I do? I free write. I take a lot of notes. I'll get on my computer, and I'll just write, and I'll write whatever comes to my head first, 
And that actually clears the cobwebs for me where I can start looking about how can I put this information into a succinct outline. And the, but that kind of helps me to get started doing it. And I was telling you before the show, I used to author, and I wrote them, uh, long proposals. Yes. And yeah. a lot of times you kind of know what you want to say, but you don't know how to start. I used to call it a brain dump. Yes. Where I sat down with a keyboard and I just, well, the first thing I had to do was learn how to type. <laughs> And nowadays, kids learn how to type. So, I mean, you've got that behind you. But, you know, I had to learn how to type. And then you first start with what I would call a brain dump. Mm -hmm. And you just don't have any limits on what you put on a piece of paper. You just brain dump it. What are you thinking? Throw it down there. And then I've always found that kind of loosens the gate a little bit. Absolutely. And then I can go back and kind of organize it. That's exactly what I do. And and I tell people to do that Um I work a lot with, um, I'm in our local Kiwanis group, and I work with the Key Club at Lanier High School. And I've talked to kids before about when you're writing, and a lot, most of them really don't like to do it. But I said, and a lot of them are afraid to do it because they don't, they think that I have nothing to say. I said, don't worry about it, just type. Get on your computer, get on your iPad, get on your, you know, your smartphone, whatever you've got, and just write, and it doesn't have to make sense. Just do it. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't seem as difficult. So what you do is exactly what I do. Absolutely. And... Um um, and I guess I have been amazed about, you know, to me, being able to put words down in a concise manner wasn't something I've kind of taught myself to do. Yes. But I've realized how few people have the ability to do that. And, you know, it's I've seen that, too. And it's not like I, I've said before, I've encountered a lot of really smart, intelligent people. But they I, I think they just get so in tune into doing their business that they forget you need to sit down and really organize your thoughts and and it and it's a chore sometimes but when you do it then all of a sudden everything else makes sense especially when they have to communicate what they do so i agree it's just a practice it's a great practice to do on this um uh, the narrative that we we spoke of before we got on the show you you mentioned ghost writing blogs yes What's that all about? That means I will write someone's blog for them, and they don't have to worry about it, and I can actually post it for them, or I could just send it back to them in a Word document, and they post it themselves depending on how they want me to do it. Um, again, many times people don't have a, a chance or any time to write, and they want a blog. They just don't, they don't have the time to do it. So a ghostwriter like myself, I'll come in and I'll find out, well, what do you want to write about? What kind of things do you want to get out there? And then I will put to, usually they're about three to 500 words, depending on the company, depending on the business. But then I will um, get in there and take care of that for them. And ghostwriters can do really anything. Just so happens right now, blogs are the real big thing. Um, this is Joe Moss. You're listening to On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. And we're talking about the uh, incredible importance of the written word. We're talking with Laura Sadowski of First Prize Writing. And um, she is a writer, professional writer, and she helps uh, business people get all of their thoughts and ideas and everything in a concise form on a piece of paper. Yes. Um, which, even with technology, Laura, that's still so important. Oh, it is. It, it's never gone out of style. And thankfully, technology hasn't done that. But I think sometimes people forget that their content is very important. Um, when you have someone, a customer, a potential client, customer, what have you, go to your website and you just have either no content or just a really lot of bad content, they're going to go somewhere else. And, and 
I want, you know, it's it's just, it's crucial, really, for people to have their message exactly the way that they want it, and not just on their website, but in all of their materials, all of their pamphlets, all of their books, their ebooks, whatever they choose to use. It should be not just grammatically correct, it should have the right tone, and it should convey what they do in the best possible way, because that will drive business, that will drive clients to their business like you would not believe. And when you get someone to look at your website, you don't, you only, it's kind of like going into a restaurant. You got one shot at them, right? And if yep. they don't like the first visit, they're not coming back. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's a, um, I hate to say we're, I don't think we're finicky that way, but we're, when we need services right away and we are sent to someone's website and they look like they're not going to cut it, then we will go somewhere else because we need to have something done. And that first one or two paragraphs or bullet points is very critical it's to kind of, it's almost like the, uh, you mentioned about the Twitter. It's almost like that first 140 characters has got to be the eye catcher, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on a website, yes. wherever it is, it's got to grab you in that first 140 characters. And that's how it is. And like, if you read a newspaper article, that's why they say, get all your, your, what, four or five W's and your why or your how in there. So people will keep reading your article. It's the same way in all of your, your blogs and your website content and whatever it might be. You got to hook them really quickly. And my history professor told me who, what, where, why, and so what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, so uh, what? And, uh, and, uh, and then going back to uh, our producer's um, childhood, he had someone tell him that everybody has a story, and everybody's story is different. And you've got to be effective on how to get your story down so people will understand it. And you, Exactly, and you'll keep them coming back to see you because there are a lot of there are people there are a lot of people in the insurance business out there there are a lot of people who are physicians there are a lot of people who do a lot of the same things but what sets them apart is their story and their story is so important because it's it's who they are and for them they I want people to be able to put the right story out about their business because I want them to stand out the way that they should um, another subject near and dear to my heart um, narrative versus PowerPoint so how do you how do you rationalize those two? What should you start with? What, I mean, what is all that? When someone says that to you, what's your reaction? Well, I think both are necessary, just like I think Twitter is necessary, but you also need a lengthy blog post. Um, you need to be able in a conference, at least this is my experience, when I'm in a conference and someone's presenting information, many times the PowerPoint is very good for me because I get some bullet points out of it and say, okay, this is what I'm learning. But we all, we still need the detail. We need that narrative to go along with it because we have to be able to piece everything together. We want more detail. So I don't think, thankfully for my business, narratives have not gone out of business. But I think when you're trying to elicit um, uh, customers and clients to your business, sometimes less is more to start with, and then the detail can come later. But it's necessary. So. And I, I don't know where this quote came from, but I, I do remember, I think it was a president said, I'm responding to your letter, and I want to apologize. It says, and it took me three paragraphs, and I want to apologize that I couldn't do it in one paragraph. I love it. And I don't know who said it, but I, I've always remembered that one. Yeah, it's true. It's true, because it, if you can do it in one paragraph, that initial paragraph, that's, that is the, the most optimal way to do it, to get people's attention to you. 
And those other two paragraphs are equally important. It's just that first one has just got to hook them really quickly. Is the Gettysburg Address the quintessential narrative? It's one of my favorites. And I'm a, I'm a student of history as well as English. I mean, not this content, but the fact it took so few words. Well, it did. And, and I, I love that. And that's okay to take you. If you can say what you need to say in, in you know, fewer words, great. That's fine. And I think that can be done. But then I think there's also still a place where you need to have a little bit more of a length um, and detail and some meat, if you will, in your speech. But I do love having that. If you can get them quickly, get them with, you know, some really, really wonderful good points and something that makes sense and then bring that detail in later. What businesses do you think you could be most effective with? Well, I'll tell you the, the, the ones I really part, like I call them my, my peanut butter and jelly partnerships with web design groups because they will employ someone like me. Um, many times they may already have um, writers on staff, but a lot of times they're so busy they need more so they can use me because I'm, I'm freelancing. So I do a lot with them, PR agencies, um, ad agencies. But you know what? I can work with pretty much any company that has worked. I'm really blessed that way. I can just I can get into a physician's office and, and help them redo their content. I could also go into an engineer's office, but then I can also go into a radio station and do it just as easily. But a lot of times people people from those companies I just spoke about, the web design companies, they will call me first because we really they do the design, I do the content, we just kind of partner together. Is there way. a business or type of business you feel more comfortable with? I haven't found one yet. I've worked with a lot of different. I'm getting ready to um, connect with a CPA. We haven't met yet, but we've kind of been emailing back and forth. That's an accountant. And, and I love, I think accounting is great. I, don't, I need people because I can't do it myself. But they're all different. They all have, and they all have a story to tell. That's just like what Mike was saying. They, we all have a story to tell. Um, but I love actually, because of my personality, I've really enjoyed working with executive coaches, life coaches, because they really get personal with people. Um, but I will, I meet a lot of different types of businesses and I'm comfortable in any of them. Well, I'm telling you what, if you can distinguish one CPA from the next, <laughs> then you're pretty good. <laughs> they all have a different story, even though they've got the same tax laws. I wouldn't laws. have thought that. I wouldn't have thought that. But um, I do. guess they all work with different kinds of companies and a they different do. type of work. It's they do. I've met many who only work with certain types of clients, um, not types of clients, but certain types of businesses. Um, and then and there have been some that have been in larger firms and then there have been some that have been one, you know, sole proprietors. But they all have um, they all have those same tax laws they're working, but their story is different and they want to be able to bring clients to them. And I, you know, that's why I'm glad I do what I do. And there are others out there, other copywriters who do that as well. Um, I. I want to talk to you about the whole book process. You mentioned ebook versus book. Yes. Um, so if if some because a lot of people talk about how they want to write a book. Yes. But like you, it's taken ten years, and you're a writer. <laughs> it's hard. So, do you have to set aside a lot of time? You, I mean, yeah. like you see these books that are. 300 pages long. How does it how long has it taken for someone to write a 300 page book? Well, from what I've I've love I love listening to interviews with authors who write a lot. They they get a lot of books out and for them they have to I mean they have to literally pare it down to how many words in a chapter. 
you know, how many thousands of words in a chapter and literally just make it bite-sized pieces. Otherwise, if you think I've got to write enough copy for 300 pages, it'll just blow your mind up. And so I'm, I like to break it down. Most of them break it down that way as well. And I think when you're getting into the once you've outlined a book, once you've gone through and gotten a book proposal, that's how you do it. You have to piecemeal it. Otherwise, it really is so incredibly daunting, depending on how long your book, how many chapters you're going to have in it. It can seem, I mean, from where I sit sometimes and I write for a living, it's overwhelming. But if you do it in, if you do it in a space of, okay, I'm going to work on a chapter today or I'm going to do this today. It looks a little easier. So build it in pieces. Absolutely. The outline, only way to do it. Outline um, chapters, whatever, yes. and just start building into it. I know authors. I don't. I haven't. I haven't really felt the desire to do a fiction book um, right now. I, I think eventually I'd love to. Many of them write the ending first. So I mean, it, it 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 just depends on what works for them. But I I think in anything that we do, if it's a huge project and a huge undertaking put it into bits that we can handle and then that way I think it's easier to be it's easier for you to outline your time and because I just I, I wonder myself like how do these authors do it especially people who put out a large amount of books like how in the world do you do it it's, it's from what I could tell it's the only way that they can do it it's the same. all right I want to cut through it we're kind of running out of time but I want to cut through this and let's go back to the start yes. Laura if you could sit down with a business person uh, who owns his own small business um what would you tell them in terms of um, how you can make them more effective? Well, I would sit down and tell them immediately just what Mike said. You have a story to tell. You know, even though your business may be the same as somebody else's, depending on what it is, you have a story to tell. And I think you and I talked off air about that old saying, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. If, um, if someone goes to like your website or if they get a marketing brochure and it just, it's just dull, and, or it's inaccurate, um, that's, that's going to draw business away from your company to somebody else over here. And I want them to succeed. I'm in it to help them win it. And that's how I sit. And I say, and it's possible. I said, you don't have to do it by yourself. I can help you do it. I can help you as little or as much as, that you, as much as you want. And it's possible to do. Not, I mean, my gift is in words. Other people's gifts are in numbers. Mine's, mm -hmm. I definitely don't have that gift, but I've got the, no, I got the writing part down. And I can be a partner to them doing that, and I, mm -hmm. and I call it a privilege to do it. Um, so how can people get in touch with you? Well, they, I have a um, website that I'm actually in the process of redoing right now, um, but they can get in touch with me at uh, First Prize Writing, which is spelled out, F-I-R-S-T, prizewriting.com. Um, pardon the uh, construction going on there, but I'm going to have it done soon, getting a new logo. But they can also email me. Um, my name is, um, it's spelled a little differently, L-A-R-A dot Sadowski, S-A-D as in David, O-W-S-K-I, at firstprizewriting.com, and that's all spelled out, not F-I-R-S-T-P-R-I-Z-E, writing.com. And I would love, and I, I always have my smartphone with me, so I will get back to people immediately. I'd love to talk with them more. Well, um, it's been pretty eye-opening for me today, um, well, and I appreciate you, you coming in. And um, and and I I I keep coming back to the fact that you know there aren't too many new business ideas. So chances are, if you run a small business, you're doing something pretty similar to somebody down the street. Yes. But remember, you are unique. 
there yes. is something unique about what you're doing, and you need to get that message out there. Absolutely. And I, that's, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a special niche that they have. No matter if their business is the same as someone else's, there's always something unique about it. And they, with the right content, with the right message, if you will, uh, they can stand out with everyone else and just get out there and be unique. Okay. Well, thanks so much for coming in, Laura. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks well, for good, having me. Good. And um, we'll see everybody again. Uh, this is On The Money. Uh, this is Joe Moss, your moderator and host, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. We're at Embassy National Bank. We do like to help small businesses be successful. And um, as I always say, a lot of, lot of choices for you out there, but uh, let's just be careful out there. So we'll see you next time. Thank you.